Welcome back to another episode of the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast. On today's episode, we cover the topic of congenital adrenal hyperplasia found under the endocrine section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 27-year-old G1P0 woman presents to the labor and delivery floor for labor. She received little prenatal care due to poor insurance. After two hours, she successfully vaginally delivered a seven-pound baby girl. A physical examination of the newborn demonstrates clitoral enlargement and labial fusion. A week later, the infant is brought to the emergency room for inability to feed. She is underweight and dehydrated by appearance and found to have a low blood pressure. This snapshot is an example of 21-hydroxylase deficiency. Let's begin with a clinical definition. Congenital adrenal hyperplasia refers to several disorders characterized by genetic defects in the proteins and enzymes involved in cortisol biosynthesis. This includes 17-alpha-hydroxylase deficiency, 21-hydroxylase deficiency, and 11-beta-hydroxylase deficiency. 21-hydroxylase deficiency is the most common form. This makes up over 95% of cases. Now for some thoughts on pathogenesis. This condition is due to decreased cortisol production due to defective proteins and enzymes, which releases the feedback inhibition of cortisol on the pituitary and increases the production of corticotropin, or ACTH. High levels of ACTH cause adrenal hyperplasia, excessive accumulation of cortisol precursors, and or overproduction of ACTH-dependent adrenal steroids within other pathways. All right, now let's break down the different types of congenital adrenal hyperplasias. In this overview, I want to focus on the enzyme deficiency and the related presentation, blood pressure, mineral corticoid activity, sex hormone activity, cortisol levels, and potassium levels. Let's begin with 17-alpha-hydroxylase deficiency. The XY presentation here is ambiguous genitalia and undescended testes. The XX presentation lacks secondary sexual development. This condition results in an increase in blood pressure, an increase in mineralocorticoids, a decrease in sex hormones, a decrease in cortisol levels, and a decrease in potassium. Next, we have 21-hydroxylase deficiency. The XX presentation here is virilization. These patients present with salt wasting in infancy and precocious puberty in children. In these cases, you'll see a decrease in blood pressure, a decrease in mineralocorticoids, an increase in sex hormones, a decrease in cortisol levels, and an increase in potassium. Finally, we have the 11-beta-hydroxylase deficiency. The XX presentation here is again virilization. These patients present with an increase in blood pressure, a decrease in aldosterone, an increase in 11-deoxycorticosterone levels, which results in the increase in BP, an increase in sex hormones, a decrease in cortisol levels, and a decrease in potassium levels. Next, I want to take a deeper dive into each of these conditions, focusing on the high-yield material that you might see on test day. 17-alpha-hydroxylase deficiency is a result of a defect of the CYP17A1 gene leading to defective CYP17A1 enzyme, 
which catalyzes both the 17-hydroxylase and the 17-20-lyase reaction. This leads to accumulation of cortisol precursor with mineralocorticoid activity. In terms of demographics, know that prevalence is the highest in Brazil. On presentation of these patients, you'll note hypertension, hypokalemia, primary amenorrhea, absence of secondary sexual characteristics, ambiguous genitalia during infancy in 46XY patients with partial form, and diffuse skin pigmentation. On diagnostic studies, you'll see an elevated 17-hydroxyprogesterone to androstenedione ratio. You'll also see an elevated corticosterone level, elevated ACTH, low cortisol, androgens and estrogens, and genetic testing can also be helpful. Treatment of this condition includes spironolactone, which blocks mineralocorticoid receptors, low-dose estrogen for puberty induction, and genital surgery and testosterone replacement may be indicated for 46XY patients with disorder of sex development. Complications of 17-alpha-hydroxylase deficiency include disorder of sex development and testicular adrenal rest tumors. Next, let's take a closer look at 21-hydroxylase deficiency. This is the most common form of congenital adrenal hyperplasia and happens as a result of defects of the CYP21A2 gene leading to defective 21-hydroxylase enzyme which is responsible for the conversion of 17-hydroxyprogesterone, or 17-OHP, to 11-deoxycortisol. The subsequent large amount of 17-hydroxyprogesterone is diverted to the synthesis of androgens and its precursors. On presentation, these patients will have diffuse skin hyperpigmentation and hypotension. In the classic form, which is the most severe, Patients present with the condition during the neonatal and early infancy period. They present with adrenal insufficiency with salt wasting and genital ambiguity in females. In the simple viralizing form, you can expect onset during childhood and this presents with genital ambiguities during toddler years. The mineralocorticoid deficiency here is less significant and there is no salt wasting. In the non-classic form, you'll see a late onset. This presents later in life with signs of androgen excess. These patients present with premature pubarchy, and females may present with hirsutism, menstrual irregularity, infertility, and acne. These patients do not show neonatal genital ambiguity, and some patients may remain asymptomatic. Helpful imaging here is an adrenal ultrasound. Abnormal results include adrenal limb width of greater than 4 millimeters, lobulated surface, or abnormal echogenicity. Diagnostic studies will show a high 17-OHP level and know that the USA offers this as a part of the neonatal screen. Cosentropin or ACTH stimulation test will demonstrate absent or low response. You can see high renin activity and genetic testing can be helpful. Treatment of this condition includes emergent management of any salt-wasting crisis, glucocorticoid replacement, mineralocorticoid replacement, and you can consider reconstructive surgery for viralized 46XX patients. Complications of 21-hydroxylase deficiency include salt-wasting crisis, disorder of sex development, 
growth abnormalities due to high estradiol and testicular adrenal rest tumors. Next, let's cover the third high-yield congenital adrenal hyperplasia condition, 11-beta-hydroxylase deficiency. This is due to defect of the CYP11B1 gene, leading to defective 11-beta-hydroxylase activity, which is responsible for the conversion of 11-deoxycorticosterone and 11-deoxycortisol to corticosterone and cortisol, respectively. This condition results in the accumulation of 11-deoxysteroid precursors, leading to the overproduction of mineralocorticoid 11-deoxycorticosterone and androgen precursor dehydroepiandrosterone sulfate, or DHEAS. In terms of demographics, note that this condition accounts for up to 5% of adrenal steroidogenic defects. On presentation, these patients will exhibit hypertension, hypokalemia, female newborns will have ambiguous genitalia, premature adrenarchy, and signs of hyperandrogenism like hirsutism, menstrual irregularities, and acne. Diagnostic studies will show high levels of serum 11-deoxycortisol concentrations. Cosyntropin or ACTH stimulation test will demonstrate absent or low response. Genetic testing can be helpful and you will also see low renin activity on diagnostic studies. Now for treatment. These patients can be managed with glucocorticoid replacement, spironolactone, in which case know that aplerinone is used in male patients, and surgical reconstruction may be indicated in 46XX with virilization. Complications of 11-beta-hydroxylase deficiency include disorder of sexual development, adrenal crisis, and again, testicular adrenal rest tumors. Now that we've covered the high yield topics of congenital adrenal hyperplasia, let's try a practice question. Question one, a five-year-old boy presents to the clinic with his mother for evaluation of his genitalia. His mother states that his genitalia have appeared larger than usual as compared to his older brothers. She has also noted some aggression in his behavior for the last six months. The boy's neonatal history is unremarkable. On examination, the patient's temperature is 98.3 degrees Fahrenheit or 36.8 degrees Celsius. Blood pressure is 140 over 92 on repeated measurements. Pulse is 90 and respirations are 18 per minute. The physical exam is notable for an increased penile length relative to his age and excessive pubic hair. Blood and urine diagnostic workup are pending. What is the most likely diagnosis? Is it 1, 3 beta hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase deficiency? 2, 11 beta hydroxylase deficiency? 3, 17 alpha hydroxylase deficiency? 4, 21 hydroxylase deficiency? Or 5, primary hyperaldosteronism? The correct answer is 2,11-beta-hydroxylase deficiency. This pediatric patient is presenting with an elevated blood pressure, aggressive behavior, and signs of early puberty. In the absence of laboratory data, the most likely diagnosis is 11-beta-hydroxylase deficiency. 11-beta-hydroxylase deficiency is the second most common manifestation of congenital adrenal hyperplasia. 
11-beta-hydroxylase catalyzes the final step of cortisol synthesis from 11-deoxycortisol into cortisol and also facilitates the reaction from 11-deoxycorticosterone into corticosterone, which ultimately becomes aldosterone. In the absence of 11-beta-hydroxylase, the adrenal cortex produces excess dehydroepiandrosterone, or DHEA, androstenedione, and testosterone. Patients with 11-beta-hydroxylase deficiency will have low cortisol, low aldosterone, and increased testosterone. Increased testosterone causes virilization and precocious puberty. Despite low aldosterone levels, elevated levels of 11-deoxycorticosterone causes salt and water retention and elevated blood pressure. Hypertension is often the main distinguishing clinical sign for 11-beta-hydroxylase deficiency from other forms of CAH. Now for the incorrect answers. Answer 1. 3-beta-hydroxysteroid dehydrogenase deficiency is characterized by hypotension and hypoadrenalism because of insufficient mineralocorticoid, glucocorticoid, and androgen production. Girls may present with hypervirilization while males present with undervirilization. Answer 3. 17-alpha-hydroxylase deficiency leads to hypertension and undervirilization with ambiguous genitalia secondary to excess mineralocorticoid production in the midst of hypocortisolism and low androgen production. Answer 4. 21-hydroxylase deficiency is the most common form of CAH that is frequently diagnosed during the neonatal period due to severe salt-wasting crisis marked by hyponatremia, hyperkalemia, and hypotension secondary to severe glucocorticoid and mineralocorticoid insufficiency. Ambiguous genitalia is a common presentation in both boys and girls, secondary to excess androgen production. Answer 5. Primary hyperaldosteronism, or Kahn syndrome, is characterized by hypertension, hypokalemia, and metabolic alkalosis due to excess aldosterone production. Sex hormones are not affected. While the aldosterone level is elevated, the renin level is low in response to the elevated blood pressure. Now for a bullet summary. 11-beta-hydroxylase deficiency presents with hypertension, virilization, and precocious puberty secondary to increased 11-deoxycorticosterone and testosterone levels. With that bullet summary, we wrap up today's discussion of congenital adrenal hyperplasia. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. Keep in mind that you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If you've gotten any value from the MedBullets podcast thus far, we'd appreciate your consideration in leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 2 and 3 podcast.